Hello and welcome to 10 Minutes on the Anti-Boycott Bill, a podcast from the Joint Public Issues team. My name is Hazel Lee, I'm one of the JPIT interns and joining me today is Steve Hucklesby, one of our policy advisors. Hi Steve. Hi there. So Steve, I'm sure there'll be some listeners who are aware of this bill, but there are probably some people who are listening who maybe don't know what we're talking about when we talk about the anti-boycott bill. So just wondered if you could start by giving us maybe a brief rundown of, of what the bill is. A lot of people weren't aware of this bill at all until it came to um, first reading uh, in the House a, a few weeks ago. It gets its second reading today. Basically, the bill is focused on preventing publicly funded bodies, these are principally local authorities and universities, from exercising their own boycott of procurement of goods from regimes which they are concerned about from the human rights perspective um, or preventing those same bodies from exercising disinvestment legislation such as uh, the sort of BDS actions that were brought against South Africa during the apartheid era years ago. So why might this legislation have been brought in? I suppose there's always a kind of more positive spin on these these kind of bills and maybe a more negative one. I wondered if you could maybe give us a, a brief rundown of what those might be. The government says that its principal concerns are around boycotts and sanctions against Israel. And it says it feels it needs to bring this bill in in order to protect community relations within the UK. So behind this is the sort of fear that boycott and divestment actions against Israel's um, occupation of Palestine will create difficulties in terms of interfaith relations uh, within the UK. Um, so that's that's the, the the government's reasoning. I think that we might also uh, be able to see, though, that this is an opportunity the government sees to bring in legislation that restricts protest and restricts rights in an area where it perceives that Labour may have some difficulties in opposing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's always there's maybe a political spin to this as well. What do you think the the target or the aim of this particular legislation is? What is it aiming to do? Who's it targeting? Assessing the bill when it was in the Queen's speech, my expectation was that it was going to try and um, limit the powers of local authorities or the powers of universities. But it seems it's not gone for that approach. It's more specifically targeted individuals, those individuals who have um, decision-making powers within uh, local authorities or universities, or indeed any individual that has any capacity to influence them. So this is quite... um, uh, draconian then. Yeah. Um, because it means that if you're, let's say, a member of a student's union and that you bring a resolution asking your university not to buy goods from the illegal settlements in the occupied territories, that now you can be brought before the courts mm. and fined for um, that action or indeed even for speaking publicly about that action. Mm. Yeah, which feels very very uncomfortable as a as a dynamic doesn't it especially if the the law itself is supposed to be targeted towards um maybe local authorities or sort of groups of people but it feels more like it's it's an individual it does and the bill specifically law. refers to anyone who has um, a capacity to influence a decision maker which is all of us we hope we're in that business aren't we <laughs> absolutely 
So, Steve, you've also written a blog for the JPIT website, which you can find at jpit.uk slash blog. And it's called Have We Not Learned Anything from South Africa? And I'm, I'm sure you're not the first person or the last person to kind of compare this to apartheid era South Africa. So I just wondered if you could tell us a bit more about that. Yeah. While you can't draw parallels directly, the BDS movement was the major power behind the anti-apartheid movement of the 1970s, 1980s. BDS at the moment is being directed towards Israel and its de facto annexation of the West Bank. I think that's the situation we've now got to in Israel. But if you look at the situation under apartheid, there were 38 local authorities at the time who had passed disinvestment resolutions, even though Margaret Thatcher opposed boycott, divestment and sanctions. She posed it very publicly. What this bill says is that those actions that the local authorities took were unacceptable because they were in opposition to UK government foreign policy. So we've got a situation now where any action that appears to oppose UK government foreign policy on the part of local authorities or universities is unacceptable and therefore open to being banned by legislation. Now, thinking back to that era, I know that Margaret Thatcher opposed the BDS actions of the time, but I don't recall her ever saying that they should be banned by law. This is quite extraordinary. This is the first time we've gone into that sort of um, territory. And we might reflect the fact that when Nelson Mandela was freed and became president, partly by the help of the actions of millions of people across the world in the anti-apartheid movement, he visited the UK Parliament. He gave thanks um, to the people of Britain. Obviously, didn't give thanks to, or not quite so fulsomely, to the UK government that was opposing the uh, anti-apartheid movement uh, at the time. So it's extraordinary today that we have the government that seems to think that those sort of actions were unacceptable. feels like it's a very different treatment of Israel-Palestine, the occupied territories, than it is for maybe other countries, which is an interesting... It is, isn't it? And some Conservative MPs in the last week have spoken out against that particular aspect of this bill. What the bill's done is it's hardwired into the bill references to Israel so that whatever Israel does, it wouldn't be possible for the UK government to allow local authorities and universities an exemption um, on the part of Mm. Israel without a change to primary legislation in Parliament. It is the only country in the world in which um, the UK government at the moment is prepared to give that sort of carte blanche. The UK government talks about not treating Israel any differently from any other country, and yet it appears to be doing so in the context of this bill, and that has not gone unnoticed even in the quarters of its own MPs and the Conservative Party. Thank you, Steve. That's been really helpful, the way you've laid that out for us. I wonder, after listening to this podcast, there may be lots of people who are concerned about this bill um, and what it might mean for them. Um, I just wonder, what can we what can we do if we're in that situation? Well, I think that we ought to be writing to our MPs because this is basically a fundamental infringement of our human rights. Mm. So if the government wants to buy olives from illegal settlements in the occupied territories for its receptions in Downing Street, then that's its choice. I don't want to intervene in that. 
But to force the local authorities and universities to have to do likewise, which is essentially what this bill is doing, is not the government's business. So there are fundamental rights involved here. We should be writing to our MPs um, on that basis. I hope that the Lords will understand that and will seek to change or block the passage of this bill in the Lords. But at the moment, the majority in the Commons will probably mean that it will sail through its second reading today. But it's interesting to note that we've had opposition from Conservative MPs as well as Labour MPs. So all of our MPs need to uh, know about our objections to this fundamental restriction on our freedom of speech and on our rights to protest. Absolutely. It's always worth writing to our MPs. So for more from the Joint Public Issues team, you can go to our website at jpits.uk. That's jpit.uk. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please do share it around. Thanks for listening. Thank you.